Hey everyone, it's Will from the future. And I just wanted to talk about um, some feedback that we got for our last episode. So on our last episode, we talked about um, representation specifically in the Adventure Zone fandom. And we talked about how um, Taco being depicted as blue pulled from some uh, anti-Semitic tropes. And that was something that I just kind of took for granted. Something that I heard, you know, that that um, the green skin is is specifically green skin is something that pulls from anti-Semitism. Um, and I admittedly didn't look into it much past that as somebody who is not Jewish. I heard about this from, you know, friends who are Jewish and just took it at face value. And we got some feedback that I really wanted to share because I think it's important. And because again, I am not really educated on the subject and would love to do some research of my own. But our feedback comes from a listener named Curtis Beck. And they said, and I'm going to um, change a little bit of wording just because again, I'm, I'm not Jewish and I want to be as empathetic and kind and not an asshole as I can be. Um, so they sent to me, and I'm quoting here. So at the risk of tokenizing myself, and with it being said that y'all didn't get into the details of the taco discussion, I wanted to say I've never seen any compelling evidence that the depiction of witches is at all related to anti-Semitic depictions of Jewish people in history. I won't police anti-Semitism for other Jewish people, and I think that a bunch of particularly young Jewish people saw people connecting the imagery and were effectively marginalized. I think that if any Jewish person thinks something is anti-Semitic, we need to listen, and their feelings and perspectives are valid. But I will say the claim that you make, that witch tropes were 100% derived from anti-Semitic tropes, is inaccurate as far as I can tell. And this matters enough for me to want to comment on it because it serves to derail and distract from consistent factual, historical anti-Semitic dog whistles, and stereotypes that most Gentiles don't care about year-round unless they become useful in some way, i.e. griping about a character design because both witches and Jewish people are shown with big noses and then finding some parallels of Jewish people with green skin and pointy hats. This claim also doesn't do justice to the likely origins of the witch as both misogynistic and ageist depictions of elderly women, particularly non-Christian elderly women. I'd just really like to thank Curtis Beck um, for their really insightful and lovely feedback that I really appreciated getting. Um, Listeners, if you ever have any feedback like this for us, please send it our way. Yeah, so thank you, Curtis. Very appreciated. Now I I feel like I have an audience even though I don't. (laughs) <laughs> just standing in my living room recording a podcast like an asshole oh that's, Hi, a, that's well. a ghost actually it's a ghost yeah actually i'm astral projecting i'm just hanging out there you probably don't want to see what's happening in this living room right now we need to clean <laughs> and i Big i am rocking same. some leisure wear welcome to tuned in dialed up <laughs> it's a podcast about podcasting yes. i'm here with will williams as usual except this time i'm recording standing up Ooh, Gavin's so fancy. Gavin spent $20 on a mic stand and he's going to use it, motherfucker. (laughs) Very exciting. Especially after last episode with the whole not using the right mic. (laughs) It happens to the best of us. Sometimes for several episodes. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it just happens, okay? (laughs) I, I will say it was perfect use of hubris on the universe's part because like, 
I used the mic stand in such a way so I could leisurely lay back on the couch and the mic was like perfectly in front of my face. So it's like Wally level <laughs> technology <laughs> serving a lazy fat guy. So now we're standing up and we're paying the price for podcasting. Will. Hi. What's happened in the last two weeks that makes you do the smiley face? So. I've got one that's very small and not podcast related, but I'm really excited and I want to talk about it. I'm going to Disney World. Ooh. Yeah. I'm taking my first like actual vacation vacation um, f- for like uh, since I don't even know when because anymore all of my vacation time goes to podcast events, which are amazing, but like they're work, you know, yeah. and I'm just going to go to Disney World and it's going to be Halloween. It's going to be great. But um, speaking of podcast events, that's my actual big exciting thing. PodCon! It's PodCon! I'm it got so funded. excited. It got funded. dollars Yeah, yeah. Technically, they were short, like a little bit, but like they got funded though. I am very excited. I, I almost feel embarrassed, uh, saying this, but we got the like fancy seats specifically because I was like, we should just get the admission, maybe with the swag bag because I like going over it and like explaining whether or not it was worth it things like that yeah and zach was like priority seating and i was like but we don't (laughs) we need it yeah i was like we don't need that and he was like i want to be up front and i was like okay okay (laughs) i want to feel the spray from justin mcelroy's mouth when he fucks up a bit and starts laughing mid-sentence i gotta be in strike zone for that shit (laughs) yeah so (laughs) You that want it, you want those ASMR tingles first fucking hand when Roman Mars opens that beautiful mouth of his. That's Zach. You know Zach. <laughs> he wants those Roman Mars ASMR tingles. That's definitely a Zachary thing to do. Um, <laughs> I'm very excited, and I'm also excited because you're gonna be there, Gavin. For listeners who don't know this, Gavin and I have never met in person. We only know nope. each other through online various ways. Um, and I'm while, so excited. While sitting in our respective garbage states. Well, and, and with me astral projecting over there. But that's different, you know? it's I'm not physically there. Um, I'm really excited to meet you in person. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. While I'm running around... Wearing, I mean, I might wear like just legit clothing or I might get sarcastic and wear like the short tie that I think every startup podcaster wears. <laughs> but I'm definitely going to be bouncing around with recording equipment, talking to people Hell who yeah. are far more popular than me. <laughs> That's PodCon. That's literally just PodCon. Um, just turn listen- a corner and there's Paul Bay with his army of dogs. <laughs> Gavin, why don't you talk about your uh, shining moment? Because I think that, that might play into it a little bit. Hey, segue. So my shining moment of the last two weeks is basically today. Brigham Snow, uh, famous of the Bright Sessions, Mm -hmm. Caleb, tweeted, uh, sure, sex is great, but if you watched Paul Bay's Instagram story, which is very true because (laughs) Paul Bay's Instagram story, I made an Instagram for the first time like a week and a half, two weeks ago, Mm -hmm. and now... That's the first thing I check most days. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it's just this awesome guy hanging out with his dogs and exercising. And that's basically all you need. Yeah. Paul Bay lives in, like, dreamland Canada. It looks like a fucking Thomas Kincaid painting. <laughs> yeah. Without the racism. 
was Thomas Kincaid racism? Is Thomas Kincaid still alive? I realize I don't no, he, uh, know he, anything about Thomas Kincaid. Thomas Kincaid was found dead OD'd in his hotel room. What? Uh, yeah, Thomas Kincaid was a piece of shit. Everyone I know who has like something that's Thomas Kincaid-y is like super conservative and religious this is a yeah. this is very strange to me okay this is this is not this is not a podcast about thomas kincaid no i think you <laughs> want the um hey, whoa, moving my mic i think there's an episode of the dollop about thomas kincaid being a piece of shit but anyway <laughs> yeah so paul bay he lives like out in the woods like on a lake with these beautiful dogs and he's always drinking the most like picturesque beer and it just like his life is a wilderness ideal. It's everything's so beautiful. Also, his dogs are rescues, and it's just Aww. they're fucking beautiful animals. Oh, I'm. I just want to live that oh, like indeed. beautiful, picturesque life. I'm so jealous. Also, there's a less than zero percent chance he's gonna hear this. So hi, <laughs> uh, hi Paul. Your keep... life is beautiful. <laughs> hey, hey, hi, um, August twenty third, two thousand eighteen. You had a killer fucking uh, Instagram story, <laughs> keeping the running joke from Brigand Snow alive. <laughs> I, th- there's one. There's one in particular that really got me. Where it was. Um, sure, sex is great, but have you ever had a house guest do the dishes after breakfast? <laughs> Oh, God, are you kidding me? I, there are a few people in my life who do this. There are two people. If Lucy is listening, Lucy, you're one of them. There's, like, two people in my <laughs> life who I allow to do this. Otherwise, I, like, panic. I'm like, no, but you're the guest. And I, can't, I like, can't handle it. It freaks me out so bad. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's uh, the ultimate guilt trip, even if it's not on purpose. Right, right. Except for if it's Lucy or one other person who does not listen to this podcast. Their name is Aki, and they're very good. <laughs> so today, Will, we have a uh, we have a pretty fun... We're, we, we've been dealing with some, shall we say, industry-heavy topics of late. I'm tired of feeling feelings, Gavin. <laughs> I'm tired of it. Let's stop feeling feelings for an episode. So this is going to be a sort of... Um, uh, it, we have a topic of concern but it's also kind of a grab bag of shows we have recommended or want to recommend now today our topic is going to be podcasts with a simple premise that s that are wonderfully eh, brilliant because of that simple premise yeah i think that there is this idea that so podcasting is an oversaturated medium and oh like we, people talk about that right it's not just a movie podcast it's got 40 different segments in it each one has its own theme song yeah and like don't get me wrong i am a fan of segments i am a fan of having like a conceptualized layout or structure we have segments <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We have segments. Like, I, I am a fan of when there is clear thought behind your podcast. But at the same time, like, sometimes keeping it simple is exactly what makes something really, really great. Gavin, do you want to start off with our first one that we have definitely never talked about on this podcast no, before? Not at all. Never. No, not at all. Um, <laughs> hey, Will, let's talk about wonderful. Hang on, let me do a Griffin oh. McElroy and get way up on the mic. Wonderful. <laughs> Gavin, I love Wonderful. Could you explain the concept I, I, for our listeners? As if they okay, haven't so like I'm not going to touch on the ba- the I'm not going to touch on the history of the RSS feed right off the bat, but 
At its core, Wonderful is a husband and wife mm-hmm. who sit down and they each have researched a little bit about one of the things in the world that they find to be wonderful. Trick-or-treating, a specific video game. Hide and go seek. They just tell each other about it. And generally this opens up conversations about stuff they did early on in their relationship or things they do now. There's an episode where we find uh, one of the, they have a little, they have a mini segment. It's kind of actually, (laughs) it's grown more complicated as time goes on, but that's just (laughs) what you do. They have an opening segment called Small Wonders where they talk about just little things like, I like queso. And uh, (laughs) we learned that Griffin's wife, Rachel, likes to just take his glasses off and clean them for him when she sees there's a smudge on it. Zach does this for me. <laughs> that is just the most adorable thing. Because, I mean, it does lean into the Griffin McElroy's a man-child thing, but, the, what's, but it's not done for laughs. It's just this little... It's just a sweet thing that she does for him. Yeah. yeah. And that's... So, like, the concept can be boiled down to a husband and wife talk about things that they like. If you pitched it like that to me, I would be like, that's my nightmare. <laughs> like, like, that sounds nice, um, but that sounds like I will uh, scoop my eyeballs out of my face with my own hands. It doesn't approach, it doesn't ever go too far into being cutesy. Yeah, or like overly jokey either, because I was kind of worried that it would just be like, I get it, the McElroys are funny. Like. We don't need another one of that. And this podcast, I mean, it's hilarious. I I bust up laughing all the time. But it is not about the humor. And I love that. I think that it's really nice. And you also get these... It's something very rare in nonfiction shows that talk about specific things. You get to hear true excitement and passion about something. Even if that thing isn't necessarily important, you know? Uh, anytime Griffin McElroy talks about a music act, specifically Disaster Piece and his soundtrack for oh, It Follows, yes. uh, you can just hear this excitement and it's not beneficial for the world. No one needs to know all this information about this, but he's so fucking excited to tell <laughs> you about it. Yeah. I also, I love that it is both relatable and not at all relatable. Like, and may- maybe this is a person to person thing, but I have found that I have a lot of overlap with both Griffin and Rachel. For instance, one time Griffin spent a whole segment talking about Sufjan Stevens, and I have a Sufjan Stevens tattoo. Um, <laughs> like, Rachel once, uh, Rachel talks about poetry all the time, and she shared um, a poem a while back that is like a very, very meaningful poem in my life. Um, it hit you hard. It it wasn't even it didn't even just hit me hard. It was like she she read um what is it called? It's the Leung Lee poem about peaches, I believe. I'd have to look it up. But like that's I have a very, very close friend who I love and I know through poetry, um, who has a tattoo that references that poem. Um a lot of tattoos <laughs> in my love for wonderful. Speaking of um, speaking of peaches, you just reminded me of a thing that I constantly quote now because of wonderful, and it is the perfect little snapshot I think of what I really like about it. We see a lot of the McElroy brothers and mm-hmm. their father through their mega successful show, but wonderful. How do I say this? 
Wonderful shows us a little bit of how easy it is to embarrass Griffin with sexuality <laughs> and not in a mean way. Yeah. Not in a, it, it, it's not it's not making fun of him. It's not uh, shamey at all. But uh, there's one bit where Rachel, <laughs> where uh, his 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 wife just says uh, she likes to quote the movie Con Air, where Nick Cage says, "I could eat a peach for hours." Anytime she eats a peach, and it makes him aggressively uncomfortable that, to hear her <laughs> quote that. <laughs> And anytime I'm in Walmart walking by peaches with my fucking girlfriend, I've even seen Con Air. I just oh, it's so bad, Gavin. It's so bad. It's such a good bad movie that I oh, need yeah. to see. You do, but yeah. Also, it's it's called. I looked it up. It's called From Blossoms. It's by Leung Lee. It's a very very great poem. Um, yeah. And I was also going to say, like, not only have I found a lot of intersect um, with how I relate to these two, but obviously. I think one of the biggest appeals is that you come away with so much cool shit. Like one time Griffin talked about this board game, um, drop mix. And oh, yeah, I want to get into that. So fucking bad. It went on sale at Best Buy for $30. It's like a very, very complicated system. So it's usually like a hundo. We got it for 30 bucks and yeah, Griffin's right. It's fucking cool. And like, I've walked away with new music recommendations. Um, like Wednesday and Kip, Wednesday Campanella is, I think, what they were called this last week or the week before. Like, you always walk away appreciating something that you already liked but maybe took for granted or and or walking away with something else to experience. And I love that. It's just very nice. I had no idea Louis Zong also produces music when he's not working as a storyboard artist on We Bear Bears or making the some of the best Mabim Bam animated uh, yeah. clips out there. Finding out that Louis Zong not only makes really chill ass music, he's done an album that is the soundtrack to a Super Nintendo era video game that isn't actually real. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's so fucking good. And I actually got to like. I I found out about this right when he had a new album out, which is dog-themed, and I reviewed it in this uh, local magazine I work for, Freelance, (laughs) so now there's just a review of Louis Zong's newest album in this Indiana magazine. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Should we talk about one of our other super simple concepts that flourishes because of it? Uh, Oh, oh, one thing real quick. Do you think we should touch on the fact that wonderful actually came from the ashes of a complicated podcast we can you should talk about this though because i did not listen to rose buddies at all um, i didn't but i was there for the pilot of uh, wonderful coming out and I, if you go if you go subscribe to wonderful right now you're gonna see that there's a lot of episodes mm-hmm. most of those aren't wonderful right and that's because the rss feed was originally for rose buddies which was griffin and rachel talking about the bachelorette while it was on the air. Which is also why a lot of their promotional codes for sponsors are still like Rose or Rose Buddy. Yeah, we have a lot of we have a lot of already agreed upon mm-hmm. codes and stuff that we're working with, which is cool. <sighs> From what I understand, they stopped doing Rose Buddies because they it was getting I mean, there's a lot of negative press about reality TV coming out right now. We've heard a lot of really bad things about production. Just it's not really super positive in the end because it's a pretty I mean they just yeah. wanted to do something more positive, so they kind of just <laughs> they went stopped. full ham. 
they just stopped making rose buddies and started making wonderful and it's amazing that's so good i'm very happy for them that must have been a really scary choice because i know that like a lot of people loved rose buddies and pivoting like that you know scary Oh, so our second one, I'm guessing we're going to kind of compliment sandwich this. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. All right. So our second one sounds like a ripoff of a Mabim Bam sketch because, well, Mabim Bam basically <laughs> did a demo. <laughs> they basically <laughs> demoed this podcast by accident. <laughs> yep. The podcast is Hey Riddle Riddle, three people on mic. Two of them don't know the answer to a riddle. The other one reads them a riddle, and then they try to solve it. And then there's a little dash of little complication on top in that they have a recurring thing that they will role play out how the characters in the riddle are feeling <laughs> sometimes. And it's very fun. Now, there are lots of in-jokes and running gags wrapped up in it. So if you start in, like, episode six, they're saying a lot of things that you have no context for. But if you start at the beginning, it's pretty simple. It should be noted, um... One of the main people in Hey Riddle Riddle is Adel Rafai of Hello from the Magic Tavern. He plays Chunt. And Hello from the Magic Tavern is kind of known for it. It's just ludicrous internal consistency. Um, like, its continuity is better than pretty, pretty much any other fiction thing I know of, um, which is crazy because it's an improv comedy fantasy show. Um, so I'm sure that things will keep you know, having in-jokes and developing as they go. So yeah, for those of you who <laughs> heard my recommendation for Hey Riddle Riddle on last episode, I've never listened to a single episode of Hello from the Magic Tavern, which you I know really puts me should. in the out. Big, a lot of people, Travis McElroy included, are super fans of the show. It's yeah. such a fun little show. And that the thing is, like, I'm learning as I tweet and hang out with will and occasionally post things on my blog <laughs> soon trademark <laughs> uh i find that there are like what constitutes a good opinion of a podcast really relies on listening to it at an appropriate time yeah kalila yeah. stormfires uh economic economical magical services is uh it's not really good for listening to in a car like it's, it's no, it doesn't God, have the no. most complex soundscapes in the world it really begs to be listened to sitting down in the quiet like yeah i i listened to it first on a plane and it was perfect because like i couldn't do anything else yeah and nobody was like talking it was great I've uh, I've recommended uh, hostile world hostile worlds. I've recommended hostile <laughs> worlds on the show before and I had only listened to it coming through a work van speakers and it sounds fucking great. It's a nonfiction science uh, or science literacy. Like it's trying to promote these cool ideas about science to teach you about the universe. Um, but it's using the framework of an audio drama and it continually references that mm -hmm. yesterday for the first time, it was like mid morning. I had nothing to do. So I put on the new episode through my headphones at my PC while I was playing like a calm video game for the first time. And I'm just hearing this really fucking complicated, like really well done soundscape. And mm -hmm. there's like mm -hmm. mixing going on that I was not getting through the car stereo. I'm like, this is an entire, this show is on a new fucking level from what I thought <laughs> about. Yeah. Yeah. I, what I like about, um, both of our 
simple podcast so far is that both Wonderful and Hey Riddle Riddle are both great car podcasts. And I think that that's like, yes. like I should I should say um, for Wonderful listeners, if, if you don't like read my blog, I post a a run through of everything I listen to in a week um, up on Sunday with letter grades, which means I I don't have the time to wait around to listen to an episode of anything yep. like ever. But Wonderful is a show that I refuse to listen to without Zach. And it is our car listen uh, while we commute to work. And it's very, very good. And I think that there is this idea that like. And this goes back to the idea of, you know, maybe people being dismissive of simple concepts. There is so much to be said for a good car podcast. You know, yeah, and I think, I think that- like. It's easy for it's it's easy for people like you and I to make snarky comments about right. lazy stand-up comedians doing talk shows. Right. Which you like, know I do. I make those comments. There are some there are some really fucking bad podcasts out there. Yeah. <laughs> but there are also some there are also some that have dialed in so perfectly on that concept. Like, um, I can't speak for it now because I haven't listened for years, but my my perfect example of a car podcast is Still untitled, the Adam Savage Project, which was Adam Savage and the two tech writer, the two editors of Tested, his tech website, basically just sitting down and talking about whatever the fuck came to mind. And usually it was something near and dear to Adam Savage's heart, like promoting the idea of you can go out, you can make something like get get some Amazon Prime boxes and just like build something with hot glue who cares like if you want to do something with your hands go out there and do it there are so many wonderful local resources people can use and like you can learn you can teach yourself how to like invent new products if you want you don't have to just be like and it looks fun and it to a a good park a good car podcaster me is people who are excited about something talking about something (laughs) yeah i what I like about Wonderful is um, that not only is it like an easy listening, you don't have to worry about a soundscape. It also just like commuting sucks. <laughs> you know, we're like we're coming, we're going to work or coming from work. We're stressed out and exhausted. And it's just such a nice way to start a morning or to end a day coming back from work. I mean, that's how terrestrial radio has made those really lame morning zoo shows work for years. Yeah. We don't listen to them because they're quality content. We listen to them in the same reason that people, for the same reasons that people watch Scary Movie or Mm -hmm. any of the billions of sequels is because they make cheap jokes and funny fart sounds that your brain just goes, hey, that's not staring at a car. Laugh at it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I also, we listened to Hey Riddle Riddle on a car ride. And I'll admit, Hey Riddle Riddle is not really up my. Allie, you know, it is improv comedy when it's very clearly improv comedy is not up my alley, but they do a really good job. I think what's nice about Hey Riddle Riddle is that it is super simple. Um, And even though the the improv is not my jam, it adds this really nice level where like it's a good car listen because it's funny and it's simple, but it also keeps you engaged the whole time because it kind of keeps you on your feet. Um, they don't really stay in one 
form of comedy for too long. They switch things up pretty rapidly. It has quickly filled in the car listening slot that used to be dominated by the history of fun from Polygon. Uh, I've talked about the history of fun on my newsletter. Uh, I won't go super into that here, but long story short, history of fun likes to stay in one bit for about 30%. Like, they don't go SNL bad, but they do stay in a bit a little too long, and it just it's hard to listen to when you're not wasting time in a video game, which is actually how... That's actually how History of Fun ended up being a recommendation for me, is I was playing a video game at the time that required, like, hours of effort at a, at a shot, and it was boring effort. So having just these three people blab to keep my brain active qualified as, oh, that's good entertainment. First time I started listening to it in the car, my girlfriend just started poking holes in it. And I'm like, no, yeah, you were entirely right. This is... Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, why don't we go to... We are in perfect segue town yeah. for this one. So the next thing we're going to talk about is one that we don't think does it super well. And Gavin, I'm going to kind of give you the reins on this because I don't listen to my favorite murder. But first, I want to say that the My Favorite Murder people have recently, as of recording this on August 23rd, 2018... They've somewhat recently come under some fire for some, I, I think, like, appropriative merch. And I just want to say, we're not going to talk about that because, as I said at the beginning of this episode, I'm done feeling feelings. And we are not a gossip mag. So Also, also Gavin didn't hear anything about this until we started recording. Dude, honestly, like, you don't need to. It, it's it's not, that's not the sphere that we run in. Like, <laughs> I, I just wanted to say that because of the two of us, who's going to dish the hot goss here? <laughs> so, Gavin, okay, so, why, why do you think that this is a bad example of, <laughs> of, you know, simplicity? I, okay, so, cishet white guy here, um, about to talk about why a show starring two women didn't entertain him, and I want to fully, you know, fucking privilege checked here. I understand. But I put about 30 hours of my life into my favorite murder, and the entire time I felt like I was about to get to the thing that made me keep listening to the podcast, but it never came. Here's why my favorite murder... I'm not saying this is why my favorite murder is up. Okay, but bitch, you listen, though. <laughs> yeah. You uh, listened, though. <laughs> I was like, this is a huge show. Everyone listens to this. Uh, okay, okay. Obviously, there's something here. It's the serial uh, but here, effect. It, I'm not saying... Yeah. I'm not <laughs> saying this is a bad show. I'm saying this is a bad show with a simple premise. Okay. And here's Got why. It. The basic premise of my favorite murder is two friends who have an interest in true crime each research a murder or crime spree of some sort or it's, it's usually involving murder because it's the name of the fucking show. And then they come together and each one tell it's basically wonderful, but with dead people. And here's so, so my, they each, here's it. <laughs> they each research and bring each, it to, so it's a wonderful, it's not a spirits. Yes. It's so much so that they, they even have the running gag of whose turn is it to go first this week? <laughs> here's where it fails. Both of the hosts are stand-up comedians, and they are funny stand-up oh. comedians. They are very funny stand-up comedians, and it's so it's basically oh, I had no idea an all-woman murder-only dollop. And th I think this is partially why the dollop specifically tries not to talk about murder 
focus content. Dave Anthony's talked about that in the past. But when you put two stand-up comics in a room that are friends, they riff so fucking much. And this is a positive of the show for a lot of people, and I don't want to bag on that, but my favorite murder is 80% riffing, 20% talking about the crime, and that 20% talking about the crime, a lot of the times glorifies the person who was doing the murdering even if they're like disgusted by that person it does feel like they're like in that in that morbid way that unfocused true crime does oh yikes yikes yeah so See, instead funny. of being like <laughs> so kind of a kind of the complete opposite of that i actually do want to talk on uh hello from the magic tavern real quick um, all right which feels really really gross again because like we're taking a podcast that is two women in a space where usually women, you know, usually women don't occupy true crime or comedy. Um, and it feels kind of gross turning it on its head and talking about Magic Tavern as a better example yeah. of this. Yeah, yeah. Given that they're like three white dudes, you know, and they own that space, both <laughs> comedy and fantasy. Again, listeners would like to put it out there. I am a woman. <laughs> Will is a woman. I am a woman. So Hello from Magic Tavern, they do the same thing where they, they riff forever. Um, what I think makes it work, because, again, I'm usually not the kind of person where I'm like, I want to hear comedians riff forever. That is a nightmare to me. Um, why I think that Magic Tavern works is that everything they say is canon. Every, everything they say is canon. And again, that continuity is legit. Like, there's something that's really particular about saying a completely ridiculous joke and then knowing that that is going to be forever ever versus the just like of, the like, end let's... of time and other bothers also yeah, i mean they yeah, yeah, yeah. there was one joke about pleather in like episode <laughs> two now there is this canonical thing that they will never fight an animal like that's yep. just there are there is no everyone's vegan in this world <laughs> yep it's very good it's very good yeah um i i mean i i already have qualms about true crime yeah, it makes me I, as do I. In general. <laughs> yeah, um, I do need to listen to that one that Jeffrey Craner recommended. Um, I don't remember what it's called. I uh, yeah, I, I remember the recommendation. Yeah. I don't remember the shame. That shame. The name of the show. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I I I I am stressed out by. I don't know. I don't know. Enjoy what you want to enjoy, and if that if that is being jokey and light with serial killers, I don't know. I probably. Yeah. I probably enjoy fucked up shit like that too. Who knows? <laughs> like, I'm not one to judge. It's just not my shit. And I, I would they, agree. I think that's a, that's a time when like such a simple concept seems weird. I guess one thread of what we talked: Hey Riddle, Riddle, and Wonderful, and Hello from the Magic Tavern, and a score of other shows. You know, End of Time and Other Bothers. All of these shows developed and continued. Like Small Wonders was not in episode one of Wonderful. Right. Uh, right. Hey Riddle Riddle has this running gag that now every in the improvs they do of the riddles, every man is named Kevin, every woman's named Susie. Oh yeah. <laughs> and if they're not, they make note of the fact that it's weird they're not named Kevin or Susie. Yeah. Like that's not a. That's very not good. A, it's very funny, but it's like this little fun thing that rewards you for paying attention and doesn't punish you for not paying attention. Right. My favorite murders theme song is somebody in a coffee shop wailing on a guitar with a really shitty mic, and they've had that same theme song for ages. Uh, the show has basically 
not evolved at all. <laughs> and like, yeah. if you find a formula and that thing works, fucking great. You know what? I host a show where we review silly porn we found for sale online usually for 99 cents it's usually less than 100 pages like we've been doing the same shit for over a year we just are continually trying to evolve and do shit right when a show has hundreds of thousands of millions of downloads or whatever and it just keeps doing the same thing i start to i just lose interest like cool you got an audience it's not me gavin i literally almost just started in with another discussion of parasocial relationships and about how changing and is scary because your fans are paying your salary. Yeah, oh, no. Exactly. Holy <laughs> shit. Gavin. That's terrifying. Yeah, no. Okay, we're, right, though? We came like, back that's around. been on my mind so much, but no. I'm done feeling. <laughs> I'm done feeling. So let's talk about... <laughs> let's let's, talk about let's nice wing it. Let's wing it back around to one that is simple, but also I want to I wanna prefix this because... I talk to the creator of this show occasionally, and I Same. know she's going to freak out if I say the sentence, Girl in Space is a simple show, because Girl in Space requires a lot of fucking effort to make. Girl in Space is not a simple show. Girl in Space has a very simple concept initially. Yes, exactly. It, it kind of does everything that we've talked about so far. So Girl in Space is about a girl in space. It, that the, it, the fucking premise that is, is the, the show title. Premise. Um. But, like we've talked about with uh, My Favorite Murder, what it does really well is it evolves. And then it kind of evolves to another another simple concept, but one that's very, very clever. Um, I think that it was... So, at Podcast Movement, I was talking to the creator, Sarah Rhea Warner. Um, and so we were talking with somebody, and I don't remember who it was, and I'm very sorry... Um, to whoever said this, who I can't credit, but podcast movement was like a fucking whirlwind, cut me some slack. Um, <laughs> but somebody said that Girl in Space wants to be a space opera, but the protagonist X is too genre aware, and she keeps turning it into like a found family movie. And they just want so badly <laughs> to be in a space opera, and she is just too genre aware. And um, Sarah seemed very, very happy about that analysis and I thought it was very astute. And again, that's like another that's a pretty simple concept is you have a genre aware character who slowly changes the genre of a piece. Um but it works so effectively and even when it is just very specifically a girl in space, it's so engaging and having having a setup and a frame like that um, allows Sarah to kind of write in that space and have something to jump off of, but it's broad enough where she can really expand the character and talk about things that you wouldn't usually hear and something like that. And it, it allows her some more room for creativity. It is just, it's such a fucking beautiful show. It's really fucking good. <laughs> I, I think the best compliment I can give it in a world where I like if a new Bim Bam comes up, I have an entire fucking mono, like a Shakespearean monologue with myself about, shall I, shall I preserve it for when I'm working on the weekend or do I listen to it now and devour it? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I ration things. I'm like three or four episodes behind on Girl in Space because I'm, there are like three or four shows where I just stopped listening to them so that I know I have something pure and great to listen to if shit goes down. <laughs> that's that's so funny. I do the exact opposite. Um, I, 
again, I don't really ration shows because I kind of can't. Um, yeah. But I do sort of bargain when things come out where I'll say, okay, well, you know, I'll I'll listen to this right now because this requires this amount of energy and I can afford this and blah, blah, blah. Maybe I'll do this and maybe I'll do a live listen on my Discord with this and then maybe I'll do this, and, you know, when I'm doing this and I'll do this in the drive because Zach likes this and then, and then I see Girl in Space come up and I'm like, fucking download. Let's Oh, (laughs) I'm just ready for it. I do not hesitate on that shit ever. (laughs) Well, I feel like that's a that's a fun place to end the uh, (laughs) the main discussion topic of this week. Yeah, I would Uh, say what I like closing notes. If you are making a podcast and you know that the that like the medium is saturated. Don't be afraid to be simple. Sometimes that's what can set you apart. Sometimes that is what can elevate you. Okay, so now we're going to move on to recommendations, and we're going to break format a little bit here, and no, this isn't, we're not starting off with the pun. Um, a, a new show just launched their episode zero, and I haven't had time to get to it yet, but I've been sitting in Will's uh, Podcast Problems Discord, which you should be a member <laughs> of, yes. l- watching people freak out about this, and little fact about me, I haven't read any of the other Wizard of Oz like Oz novels, but I also have this deep fascination with the, uh, with the meta story of Oz. Like I, I listened to three quarters of the wicked audiobook and just got bored and quit. But oh, the idea that yeah. there's, there's <laughs> this other shit going on in Oz, like there's politics to it and all this. I just really enjoy that. Um, so we'll, uh, what's hit the bricks about? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, so it should be noted, I don't know much about the Oz mythos myself either. I have a friend who has read everything in the Oz universe. Everything. It is like her number, like, you know how some people are like Peter Pan people or Alice in Wonderland people. Um, she is like that with Wizard of Oz. And the second that I heard about this project, I was keeping close tabs on it both for her and for my sake because so hit the bricks. Um, it's only launched its pilot episode so far. But what it is is it it takes place within the Oz mythos. Currently, it's a little bit mysterious when it takes place or how it takes place. There are obvious nods to the Wizard of Oz, and it's clear that it's set in that world. But it's a little tricky how. So a few things made this really stand out for me. Um, it, it was created by PJ Scott Blankenship, who listeners might know from Join the Party. Um, yeah. Anytime you hear a letter from Greg in Join the Party, that's, um, that's read and usually partially co-written by PJ. And... There is this very earnest, genuine sense for whimsy in this pilot of Hit the Bricks that I love. It feels very Steven Universe. And part of that, um, part of that is thanks to the beautiful music in it, which was scored by somebody who I believe works on Steven Universe. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's it's pretty star-studded. Um, Michelle Agresti is playing the lead role, um, a girl named Jessie, who is looking for her cousin. Um, 
listeners might know Michelle Agresti. She's been around. Um, she's done a lot. But um, I know her most prominently as Maxwell from Wolf 359. Um, she also just had a killer cameo on Star Tripper. That was fucking hilarious. Um, <laughs> I don't even want to give too much away. I just feel like you should put yourself into that listening space. The sound design is phenomenal. The story is really strange in like in that Oz way where everything is a little bit off kilter, but in a way that isn't ominous necessarily. It's just whimsical and it's just different. Like you feel very transported listening to it. So that's that's hit the bricks. <laughs> Sorry for <laughs> rambling. I really, really, really loved this pilot. Um, it's hit the bricks. You can subscribe now. We should be getting more episodes soon. There's going to be more to come soon. Um, it's really lovely. And even if you don't know a lot about Wizard of Oz, even if you've just seen the movie like me, um, still check it out. It's really gorgeous. All right. Well, since I put all that uh, all that heavy lifting on you, I guess I'll start off with a recommendation here that totally isn't me busting out my pun first. Will, uh, have you heard this awesome new podcast from Radiotopia uh, that just dropped today? No, Gavin. What is it? <laughs> so we we've heard a lot about uh language and design and all these you know love all these wonderful things from uh radiotopia but this one goes a little bit darker you see it's a linguist who's experimenting with how fake news affects the world so what they've done is created a documentary style show that talks about the meanings of words and how language affects the world except they purposefully get everything wrong to create as much discourse online as possible and start as many arguments and get people really twisted up. It's called The Confusionist. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Gavin. <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> oh. oh, oh my God. This is a great time to plug our new merch. <laughs> Listeners, we've got some new merch. <laughs> you can now, you can now own like a shirt or a sticker or some shit that says Gavin. <laughs> I uh, I'm ordering one right uh, like the day after we record this, so that I can put it on my mic. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. We also have a really, really we have the the spoilers ahoy design up, right? Too. Uh, not yet. I'm still okay. working on that one. Okay. So yeah, you listeners, you can now get some new fucking ridiculous merch if you want. You you can have the tuned in dialed up logo or uh uh in parentheses will voice and then in blood red font Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin, can I give you my my second recommendation? Please. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or your first, as you, uh, I, I forced you into the Wizard of Oz one. No, that's counting as my first. It's fucking good. I'm sticking by it. Alrighty. This one, um, okay, so this one is weird and kind of conceptual. So just like, just bear with me. It's like really heavily linguistic, not linguistics, literary is what I mean. Um, mm -hmm. So there's an English major and they're doing work on a project. It's, it's an audio drama. Um, doing work on a project based on confessions of an English opium eater. Um, this is a well-known autobiographical account of a laudanum addict. This was written by an English essayist back in 1821. 
Um, due to its immense popularity at the time, many scholars and historians accredit the work to Thomas de Quincey with the introduction of addiction narratives in Western literature. Um, but despite its popularity, a lot of critics think that de Quincey talks a bit too favorably about his addiction. Um, for context, the account is split. It's it's weird and it's conceptual. It's like a little bit. The way that the audio drama fictionalizes it is they they do some strange shit with the audio, trying to kind of play on that addiction narrative. Um, so it's split into different sections. One of which is titled "The Pleasures of Opium." Um, there's another one called "The Pains of Opium," but you know, stick with me. Um, so because of all of this, the English major decides to do a project comparing confessions of an of an English opium eater. Um, with other addiction literature that was released afterwards, kind of showing like the contemporaries. And, you know, again, the audio gets more and more fucked up and it's called um, What the Fuck to Quincy? <laughs> uh, th- this is one of those uh, so many years in college to get to this point situation. <laughs> so this pun was was submitted in the Discord by Lucy. Um, who I love dearly and would die for. And <laughs> as she was typing, I kept reading and circling between like, what the fuck is happening? And like, <laughs> and, like I would listen to this. This sounds so great. Um, and it came from us <laughs> struggling to find a pun for what's the frequency. And I'm so delighted that this long ass convoluted thing is what came of it. It's I very it. good. Can I give you my real recommendation? Please do. I don't know if I've given this one to you before, um, but it's been it's been one that I, I keep returning to recently. Have I recommended Song Exploder yet? You have not, no. Sweet. Okay. So Song Exploder, one of the reasons that I'm recommending this is because uh, Rishi K. Sherway is the host and he was just announced as a guest for PodCon and I freaked the fuck out. Like, I don't really, I try not to, like, get starstruck or anything. I try to be very, very measured when it comes to, you know, parasocial relationships. We already talked about this. Um, But it's fucking Song Exploder. I'm so excited. So Song Exploder is a Radiotopia nonfiction show. In it, um, the host has an artist on, a musical artist, and they take a song that they have written. And they take, like, piece by piece. And level by level, they go through the choices behind, like, almost every facet of the song. So, everything from how they wrote the lyrics to their original concept for the song to how it evolved to, you know, how they recorded the specific drum sound. How they had this producer work on this. Um, one of my favorite... One of my favorite podcast episodes of all time, actually, is the episode for Perfume Genius's Slip Away, which is a song that means a lot to me. Um, And the episode left me fucking sobbing. But it hits both my, like, music nerd and audio nerd um, sides of myself because it talks about how they built a microphone that, like, looks like a human bust so that depending on where you stand around, like, the mannequin, that's where it's being recorded like that's where you'll you'll hear it in your headphones which is so fucking weird and cool oh um, yeah by oral recording yeah that's some yeah cool shit. but like they put it on like in a human figure so that you could actually like visualize it so fucking weird and then um it also hits my like person with emotion side talking about how he wrote the song as like 
having a positive relation, like a positive queer relationship and being happy about it. Um, and they've covered, I mean, like, Nora Jones was on it and Sylvan Esso was on it and Mitski was on it. Like, a wide, weird gamut of musical artists. Um, R.E.M. was on it at one point. Yola Tango was on it. It's really fucking good. If you are, like, a music person and you want to hear somebody dissect their work, you can't do any better than Song Exploder. Gavin, what's your second recommendation? Uh, my my uh, first real recommendation <laughs> is, uh, is... Oh my god, I forgot that you didn't do your first one. Yeah, I haven't done my first one yet, but we are getting <laughs> to it. <laughs> Actually, yeah, Please give me um, both of your recommendations. Have I, have I recommended LeVar Burton Reads on the show yet? I know I've done it on Twitter a lot. I don't think I've recommended it on the show yet. I don't think you did. Uh, Even if you did, I'm okay with you doing it again. Yeah, no, fuck it. I really love... This is genuinely becoming one of my favorite podcasts. We've made fun of celebrity-run shows multiple times on here, and I stand by all of it, but LeVar Burton Reads is... How do I, I... I have to couch this inside of the fact that I watched a lot of Reading Rainbow as a kid, and while I didn't super get into Star Trek The Next Generation, like, I was, I just dodged that. So I wasn't, like, all around uh, a LeVar Burton fan. I still haven't seen Roots. I really should, because fucking what I've seen of Roots is amazing. But LeVar Burton is the kind of person who throws themselves into whatever the fuck they're doing with a passion. And the the basic concept of the podcast is... LeVar Burton is a huge fan of short fiction, usually less than, I think it's like 150 pages or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, short fiction has to accomplish what it wants to accomplish in a limited amount of time. Mm -hmm. Novels can become bloated and do, try to do too little over too long amount of time. A good short story is just in and then out, and then there you are. Uh, and, it, and it can have a stronger emotional effect on you than some long fiction. Not to not to discount them, but that's why he likes short fiction. So the show is literally just, I'm LeVar Burton, and here's a story, and I'm going to read it to you. Uh, what is beautiful about the show, and what really the little touches that make it grow, is the fact that I don't want to say it's produced like an audio drama, but... Well, I mean... <laughs> the new season is produced like an audio drama. Yeah. Season three onboards the amazing Misha Stanton as a sound designer, and there are two producers working on the show in, in, in addition to Burton himself. So while he's reading a story, there is music and occasional sound effects worked in. It's not... It's akin to a uh, full cast audiobook, but with just one person kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it is so perfectly done. I love this fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think that there is... I, I love that there is that niche of, like, it's 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 story time but for big kids. And I think that, that also, like, plays so much into the theme of this episode. It's just simple concept done super, super well. Oh, and the most important thing I need to lean into, LeVar Burton isn't just reading dead white guy stories. Yeah. There are, there's more representation of people of color, people from different nations. Fucking, there are very few white authors in this. And when there is a white author in this, it's something 
perfect. Like Ray Bradbury's uh fuck, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I just listened to it. Uh <laughs> never mind. I've lost it. Uh there is a re- recently there was a Ray Bradbury story that was really fucking great uh, about mm-hmm. a woman who can't read uh waiting for the mail and it was just perfectly done. Not a not a lick of sci fi in it. Yeah. Oh. I, yeah, I really like when Ray Bradbury doesn't do sci-fi. It's rare, but it's really, really nice. I mean, if you resurrected Ray Bradbury, he would stand there and tell you he never wrote a single fucking sci-fi story because he hated That's the term true. sci-fi. That's Whatever. True. Anyway. Gavin, um, what's your second... Oh, wait, and also, that was LeVar Burton Reads. Yes, that was LeVar Burton Reads. Thank you. I was, yes. <laughs> I've been meaning to circle back on them. Uh, quick, this isn't a... I'm not going to go into detail on this one, uh, partially because... It would take me like 15 minutes and a lot of backstory on my life. (laughs) And this episode's already an hour. So uh, if you are listening to LeVar Burton Reads, you are going to hear a Stitcher premium ad for the show Dear Franklin Jones. It is a show about um, someone who was raised inside a cult for 17 years. And (laughs) then they as an adult, go back and interview their parents and interview people from the cult Oof. to kind of just tell the story of what happened there. And what's and it, it is a show that terrifies the living shit out of me because my parents got real into the secret and the power of intention. Uh. And I'm not going to dunk on people who do new age stuff. That's cool. Hey, fucking you do you. But that can also be a gateway to mm-hmm. worshiping gurus and leaning into because whenever things go shitty in the world, like they were in the seventies and with Vietnam and uh, people start leaning into things that make them feel good and take mm-hmm. uh, uh, and make them feel like the bad shit's not happening anymore. And now that we're in the middle of this fucking dumpster fire of a reality, <laughs> hearing what happened in the 60s and 70s with cults, I feel like we're about to start that if we haven't already started that again. And yeah. That, yeah, I don't know. This makes me really icky. So if you want if you want to feel some feels, go listen to Dear Franklin Jones, because here's the spoiler of the fucking podcast. It doesn't outright just say, yeah, that was a cult and that was a horrible experience for everyone involved at the end. Yeah. And to bring us out of that, my actual recommendation, which is actually legit sad, uh, the Hyacinth disaster. Oh yeah, dang yeah. This show. Yeah, and I said I didn't want to feel feelings. (laughs) And and (laughs) and actually, both both of us have listened to it recently, so yeah, Yeah. we're about to feel feelings here. The Hyacinth disaster is a hard sci-fi audio drama that is. Seven episodes long, I think. Yeah, it's think in seven so. parts. And um Oof. it's become a meme for like Game of Thrones to be like, oh his character dies and it's sad, but like the Hyacinth Disaster is a hard sci-fi story in which a character dies and then they just are there. And there's this moment where a character sees their body just standing there because, like, it's 
it's not just gonna magically go away as in a fucking yeah. video game. That moment hurts so hard. Yeah. And the way they deal with such a because sci-fi is a very visually engaging thing, and we're dealing with spaceships and asteroids and mining and shit. Um, there's this sonic el. It's it. it the, Long story short, it's about asteroid miners who have heard that their sister ship has been captured by an arrival corporation in the Jovian asteroid belt. And they think they they have heard that there's this one asteroid that hasn't been prospected yet. And if it if it's good enough, if there's enough valuable material in it. They can sell the location to the evil corporation and or to the to the other corporation. All the corps are evil in this, and yeah. uh, they can they can ransom the asteroid for their friends back. So they need to work fast. And the way they prospect is they drill into the asteroid, and then the ship down a wired tether sends a huge, basically a sonic blast, and it's the most uncomfortable terrifying sound effect I've ever heard yeah. in a sci-fi and they do it like nine times yeah. and it's so cool it doesn't lose its but impact. also in a scary way yeah it's got yeah. such impact to it yeah uh, it's I highly recommend the show rough. <laughs> yeah it's really really good it's fucking rough don't go in if you want to exit without sobbing oh yeah no this is the this is the first podcast this year that's made me cry that wasn't me experiencing the end of the adventure zone for the first time oh. Yeah, yeah. Or balance. I mean, all right, yeah. So yeah, we started you. off talk. We started off talking about not wanting to feel the feelings, <laughs> and here we are. Yeah, fuck this. We should have saved the merch uh, thing for now, just so it feels really disingenuous. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if you haven't tried out Wonderful, that really. I mean, if you're feeling down, try Wonderful. Uh, try Wonderful. Even if you're, it, it, it does not require you to be in on the. McElroy suite of podcast to have fun. Not at all. Yeah. <sighs> well, Gavin, if nothing else, at least this was slightly less depressing than parasocial relationships and social hey, media hey. with podcasters. <laughs> thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Um, thank you so much for all the wonderful tweets and Discord messages. Yeah. Uh, we get they. I know they make my day. I know they make Will's day. <laughs> Me too. Uh, yeah. I think that's a good place to end it, don't you, Will? Yeah. Gavin, though, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, wait, yeah, there's plugs and shit. I was getting all <laughs> feely and forgot there's, like, capitalists to this, too. You uh, got sweet, people... and you forgot the plugs. And I forgot the plugs. <laughs> uh, if you want to find me online, my Twitter is at thepodreport, T-H-E-P-O-D-R-E-P-O-R-T. Uh, if you think I've been pronouncing things weird this episode, it's because... I have found out now that I have this new mic stand that the $10 pop filter I got for it sucks. So I have to really watch my plosives. Oh, no. uh, at the pod report will find me on Twitter. Pod, uh, the pod .com is my blogging site. I've just made some updates to my Patreon uh, that you might want to look at. Uh -huh. uh, and by the time this comes out, I will have launched my discord, which Yay! is like, will it's take wills podcast problems, discord. And that's where all the f the fun feely shit happens, and then mine's where you just post stupid shit to kind of let that part of your brain go. That's awesome, though. <laughs> all, that's gonna be all, so good. That's gonna be good shit. Also, all of the uh, custom emotes may be Thomas the Tank Engine themed for no real reason <laughs> other than that was my childhood. So it's very good. That's it's very good. that's a thing. <laughs> Will, where can people find you? 
People can find me on Twitter at, at WillWWrites. That's W-I-L-W underscore rights. You can find me at WillWilliams.reviews. You can find me at DiscoverPods. Um, yeah. And then where can people find the show? People can find the show on Twitter at tuned in dialed up. That's the way the fucking title spelled. Have fun mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we want to spend. We want to spend. <laughs> I can speak. I want to send a special shout out to our transcriber, volunteer transcriber Austin, who is Woo-hoo! the best person in the world and is working super hard to go through our backlogs. Austin is at Pigeon Science on Twitter. P i g e o n s c i n c e. You should go follow Austin. They are awesome, and they are also a wonderful presence on Will's Discord. It's true. It's true. She's also on Solution to Problems. There we which go. Which is a great so audio drama. It's hilarious. It's very fun. Oh, yeah. This was a nice reprieve from heavy, heavy, heavy shit. <laughs> Except at the end. <laughs> Except at the end. But yeah, stay tuned. Uh, oh. we, have, we have some fun ideas coming up. Oh, we do. I agree. Bye. Bye. Bye.